We are I. I've been talking a lot lately and posting a lot of stuff about this this concept of you know dragging myself to the deepest darkest corners of the in the basement of hell getting comfortable there and learning how to be able to to make that place home you know and I try to make that place home in my my heart my mind my soul and intentionally put myself there so that so I'm comfortable no matter what's happening in life, I'm comfortable. You know, and this this goes back to all the times that I've almost died. This has been all the times I've gotten myself into extremely precarious situations where I should have never made it back from, but I did. This comes by every situ comes by way of every situation that you know other people have put me in. This comes by way of every situation that I'm going to ever be in. Because I just want to be able to stand there. I remember this one time, you know, my buddies and I, we were out. This was when I was in my early 20s. And, you know, like we were all drunk. We were stupid. Early 20s. I ended up in the drunk tank. And I'm standing in the drunk tank, you know, downtown Vancouver, you know, which is obviously in Hastings and Maine, like that whole area. And just fucking gross. Like this place, there's a couple guys like me, but this this drunk tank is just filled full of, you know, street junkies and shit and I only label it like that so that people can understand exactly who's there not saying anything about this human being and their situation or what ended up putting them there but just so you could get a reference of the type of other people that were in there and this place is just one big room nowhere to sit bright lights cold as fuck you know I have no jacket I'm dressed up to go out I make it into this place and probably around like 11 12 o'clock at night and there's no bathrooms in this place. There's only this little spot in the corner with the drain. You know, and thinking back about how fucked up this is, this is the drain where I seen guys puke into. This is the drain that I seen guys shit into. This is the drain that I seen guys piss into. Now you can imagine how demoralizing that is as a human being amongst all these other guys, if you're cognizant at all about your surroundings, that you have to take a shit in front of all these guys. Never mind the fact everybody's pissed off at you because, you know, you've made this box stink. You know, or if you're one of these guys that threw up and, you know, now that Shit might be on your clothes or like that taste in your mouth or just that stark reality after the fact that you had to, you know, throw up in this same drain that somebody else just threw up in or shit in it. And literally, it's just a drain on the floor. Like it makes me kind of gag in my mouth to think back at this moment. And I can see why this is there so that they could probably just hose this place down every morning after they kick everybody out. And I stand there in my box-toed dress shoes, button-up shirt, you know, fresh-looking, ready to go out. You know, and that little bit of buzz starts to wear off. And I said to these cops when they put me in there, it's like, we're going to make you sit. 
And I'm like, no, you won't. No, you won't. You won't make me sit. And they're like, we'll make you sit. And I'm like, no, you won't. Knowing they can't physically or shouldn't be able to physically do anything to me, I sat there and said, I'll outweigh you. I will outweigh you. So for the next nine hours, well after they let everybody else out, I was still standing there in my box-toed dress shoes, ready looking like I was going to go out, putting my mind in a completely different place, a place that was not really there. Amongst all the shit that was talked you know, in that drunk tank, all that shit that was going on, you know, I was aware of it. It was happening by, you know, it was happening by osmosis more than anything. I was absorbing this moment into my mind, but I was not actually there. I was somewhere completely different. And this is the kind of fortitude that you need. And this is the kind of compartmentalization that you need when, when you're doing these things, because this is an example of you know, me being in this hellacious situation that I put myself into, but I don't get to control the circumstances. But because of all the stuff that I had done in the past and all the situations that I've been a part of, it actually wasn't really that bad. You know, making it a little bit of endurance that's just, if you hyper-focus on the minutes and the hours that go by, it's going to be brutal. But if you put yourself in that place where the world becomes blank, where time passes with relatively little consequence, except for that, you know, you get closer to the next second minute and hour. Like that blank place. Like that's that place where you've triggered that different area of life. You know, when you're going through something that is unfavorable to any degree that it is, when you put yourself there, you know, you can maneuver because you've disconnected yourself with how shitty this situation may be. Not only that, after they got out, my cell phone battery had died. You know, so well after everybody else got let out, you know, they don't say anything to me. I'm not looking that I say anything to them. We look at each other and we part our ways. Now I'm standing downtown Vancouver. I don't have my wallet because I didn't have it on me, you know, when we went out. And I didn't have a cell phone anymore because my battery died. And I'm like, who do I know that lives the closest to here? And I was thinking about one of my homeboys in North Van. Now I've all the people who are from Vancouver or ever been to Vancouver, if you're standing downtown Vancouver and you're looking that you have to walk to the second Narrows Bridge, across the second Narrows Bridge, and then backtrack in about four or five K, you know, more towards, you know, through North Van to West Van, like you head back West. So you're kind of making like a J shape for those that don't know, but it's a long walk. This is a long walk after, you know, you've now been up for, you know, 24 hours or more and you've stood there on a cement floor in your dress shoes for, you know, eight or nine hours. And this is a long walk when you have a whole bunch more time to think. But now you can't just be still in the moment because you have this this walk to do. You don't even have a quarter for a payphone, even though you walk past many, many payphones. And you're walking through, you know, an area of Vancouver, we are thinking like, you know what, there's a high likelihood, you know, and the only thing that's really saving me right now from, you know, getting jumped by some, you know, street junkies and some addicts is probably because it's so fucking early in the morning on a weekend that they're all still holed up somewhere. 
So you're walking, but you got to be on point, you know, and only for maybe like six or seven blocks, nothing crazy. You got to be aware of your surroundings, what's going on. After that, it's just a long ass endurance walk, block after block after block over a long ass bridge that's up a hill and you get to the other side and you're just like, fuck, finally. I get to my homeboy's house, I knock on his door and he looks at me, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, man, explain the situation. He's just like, well, he's like, I got some bacon cooking right now. Here's a couple pieces of bacon. I'll give you a ride home in like an hour. I'm like, much appreciated. You know, he says ride home is also an hour back the other way from, you know, where we were. And I was like, okay, fair enough. So we kind of go through this situation. He's like, man, he asked me this one simple question, which made me laugh. He's like, why didn't you call me? I would have came and picked you up from downtown. And I was like, motherfucker, I just told you my cell phone battery had died while I was in there. And I didn't even have a quarter. I didn't have my wallet to be able to, you know, go purchase something to be able to get a quarter. I had no choice but to walk. And your place was the closest place I could think of that I could get to, you know, out of everybody. He's like, fair enough. So again, when you kind of look at the moments that you get yourself in like willingly, unwillingly, and maybe a 50-50 blend, because this was a 50-50 blend of that situation, because I was willingly and unwillingly put in this situation. You know, but I just knew there's that that part of me that I tap into quite regularly and try to fine tune all the time that you just won't break me. Like I will choose when I break. My mind, my heart, my soul will choose when it breaks. You do not get to choose that for me. The only disappointing part that I look at it now is I wish that motherfucker who looked at me and said, I will make you sit. And I, I wish that motherfucker, I could have just went nose to nose. Because that's that situation where I look at it now that I know I would have looked that motherfucker right in the face, looked right through it like he wasn't even standing there. And as that motherfucker started to shake and as his back started to get sore and his legs started to go numb and he really fight those demons about how easy it would be just to sit. But just simply the smell and the look of the people around, you know that that is fucking gross. That is disgusting. The last thing you're going to do is sit. I look at that guy straight in the eye. I look at him and I would outlast whether it was eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, I would have looked at that motherfucker and I would have just reveled in his pain. I would have looked at him straight in the eyes and I would have relished in his pain. I would have looked there and I would have dragged him so fucking low. I would have dragged him to places where he never even thought were possible. I would have dragged him to the agony of just standing there. And I would have just had a smile on my face. I've been there many, many times with many, many people. And I will take you there and we will walk hand in hand to this special place. This special place that when you get to that door of that place, there's just a real eerie, creepy feeling about it. Just the look, the smell, the, the presence, the aura around this place. You know it's bad. You know it's real bad. 
And then when you walk through that door, there's a visual representation of everything that scares you. The visual representation of what's through that door is different for every person who walks through it. But the one thing is, is it's exactly the worst of everything that scares you. You just have to take that big, deep breath and you have to walk through that door and you have to start to say, this is my journey. This is my path. And I'm going to live comfortably here amongst everything that frightens me. And that's that place where I'm going to drag that individual. That's that place where I'm going to drag the person who decides to be able to challenge me. And we're going to go dark, real fucking dark. Because everything else besides that moment is beautiful. It's the beautiful side of life. And this part of this conversation comes from, you know, a gentleman that I met yesterday who happens to be an extremely successful lawyer based out of L.A. I was on a call with him yesterday and we were talking about all these things. You know, because he said to me the first time that we met, just texting back and forth, I never called or seen this guy, no idea who he is, but we were texting back and forth via, you know, another person who connected us. And we were just talking about, you know, ice baths and saunas and he's, you know, a former triathlete, many, 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 many Ironmans. And he's like, the only reason why I do all this is just to be able to live comfortably amongst humans because like, I can't fucking stand them most of the time. And I'm like, we have a common place. We have a common place that we can retreat to to be able to build a friendship here. And then that is that. So when I'm talking about all these real dark places, I got a lot of stories. A lot of stories that, you know, somebody else put me in. A lot of stories that I, it was that 50-50 blend in a lot that I put myself in intentionally. You know, whether that was, willingly at the moment or not willingly at the moment, but I put myself there. So I leverage these moments, whether I recognize or remember every single one of these moments, because I actually forgot about this specific one. It blips in and out of my mind every once in a while, but I forgot about this specific one until right now when I sat down to record this podcast this morning, but it's in there. Whether I'm specifically leveraging that moment or not, it's in there. And I'm glad that it is. 